welcome to Value-Based Care Insights, brought to you by Illumina Health Partners, a national healthcare consulting firm focused on improving the strategic, financial, and operational performance of provider organizations. On this program, we will explore trends and share valuable insights on how health systems and medical groups can optimize their performance to meet the demands of this increasingly complex healthcare environment and shift to transform the delivery of care. Value-Based Care Insights is hosted by Daniel Marino, managing partner of Lumina Health Partners. Daniel has been in the industry for over three decades and specializes in shaping strategic initiatives for organizations in areas such as population health, clinical integration, physician alignment, information technology, and data analytics. For additional insights, visit luminahp.com and sign up for our newsletter. Dan, over to you. Welcome to Value-Based Care Insights. I'm your host, Daniel Marino. We're very excited to kick off our inaugural radio show. Here at Value-Based Care Insights, we've been doing a podcast for the last three years or so, and now are shifting to our radio program. And particularly want to thank Healthcare Now Radio for the opportunity to launch our radio programs. Very excited about today's episode. We have a great program in store. Many organizations around the country, as we all know in healthcare, have struggled with a lot of the workforce challenges. In a recent survey, in many of the discussions that I've had with industry leaders across the country, challenges with their workforce is the number one issue facing organizations. It's impacting their financials, it's impacting their recruitment, it is certainly impacting their care delivery to patients. And not only is it challenging with the non-clinical staff, but the clinical staff, the nurses and the physicians are, are really struggling with their role and their, their comfort level within the overall care model. Well, I am joined today by two great individuals, my colleague, John Malone, managing partner at Lumina Health Partners. John has a lot of experience in operational change management. And my special guest today is Christy Rowe. Christy is a national expert in helping organizations understand the workforce challenges, especially with physicians and nurses. She's also incorporated many programs to help healthcare organizations improve the employee experience. John, Christy, welcome to the program. Thanks, Dan. Great to be here, thank you. So John, maybe we can start with you. I know you've worked with numerous organizations around the country. Um, what are you seeing as kind of the number one driver of some of these workforce challenges that, that hospitals or physician groups are struggling? Oh, Dan, that's a great question. And uh, I'll just start off by saying, oh my goodness, the, the challenges are, have, have never been more intense for healthcare organizations regarding managing their workforce. There's record high turnover rates, uh, record low job satisfaction, burnout is at all time highs. And we're just seeing uh, this across the board um, from one end of the country to the other and across all kinds of different provider settings. And you know, I'll, I'll just make note that 
Um, Generation Y uh, is now the largest, uh, the millennials are now the largest group uh, in terms of uh, uh, out there in the employment uh, world. And they have uh, a different culture and a different attitude towards work. And I think one of the things we're seeing is that um, the, the culture and the, the focus on family first, as opposed to job first, has resulted in a lot, a lot more willingness of that employee group, that age category, roughly 25 to 40, being willing to, to uh, jump. They, they use LinkedIn and they, they, they move from organization to organization at the drop of a hat. So that's one of the, one of the factors we're experiencing. And I'll just end by saying, boy, um, AHA came out earlier this year talking about the scope of the problem and they stopped addressing it as a, as a workforce challenge and started thinking about it as a financial challenge because what they're seeing is that the median um, return for hospitals, the, the, median, our, um, the median margin for hospitals uh, is, has moved from about 4% to negative 1%. And they're attributing that, that negative shift to not only COVID and, and the situation we all face there, but also to these workforce challenges. So it's a, it's a huge challenge. I think it's a, a great topic to dig into today, uh, Dan, with, with you and Christy. So I, I can't help but think, as I'm, I'm hearing you kind of talk through that, John, that clearly employee satisfaction is at an all-time low. Frustration, fatigue with with physicians, with nurses, with the clinical staff, has to be a driving reason for low satisfaction and, frankly, this turnover. Christy, what, what are you hearing? Is this kind of aligned with what you're hearing from organizations? Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And I think uh, John's framing of it is, is spot on. I um, you know, I would offer that I think uh, that COVID was the greatest accelerant to an already existing problem. Uh, and what it did was it gave a platform to the already existing problem. We, those of us working in this space for years, we've, we've seen this coming. Uh, so, you know, there was some research done last year, 62% of physicians uh, attribute their burnout to their employer only 25% attribute their burnout to COVID. So I think it's just so important. It's so easy to blame COVID for so many reasons. I think what COVID did was it lifted it up uh, so that we're all talking about it. And, and fundamentally, uh, you know, the, the miss for healthcare organizations, there's so many reasons why we're here. There's so many different, different, different things that we can blame it on. Um, if you talk to physicians, they all have different um, stories. And at the end of the day, I think that this idea of organizational listening at scale and really deeply understanding the experience of their caregivers, uh, it has been a miss. And it's part of why we are here. Uh, when you're doing an annual survey to listen to your employees, that's just, it's just not enough. So my, my hope is that, you know, yes, there's a lot of things that need to be done. There's a lot of kind of culprits here that need to be looked at from administrative issues to perhaps leadership issues, um, uh, et cetera. But at the core of it, if we're not listening and understanding and acting on it, uh, we're just going to keep in this 
in this cycle of um, that's, poor experiences. That's such, a, that's such a good point too. You know, there's many organizations go through their employee satisfaction service, for instance, every year. And then from there, they typically will put together a team that will address a couple of these issues with the goal of putting some type of uh, uh, improved process or, you know, a satisfaction program together or something like that. But in my mind, it never really seems to go far enough, right? You're not really addressing the core root of the problem. And, you know, and I have a lot of physician friends. Um, they've often said to me, you know, the reason why I got into medicine in the first place seems to be lost. And it, it's not that they don't want to do it anymore. It's just that the structure, the environment, the, the way that they practice medicine, for instance, it, it's it's not the same. It's been it's been totally changed. So you know, when, when you think about listening, how does that impact your ability to kind of connect the dots between the root problem and and I guess some type of solution going forward? Yeah, I, I think that what listening does is it doesn't, healthcare has changed and the way that, that uh, clinicians work has changed. The myth, and John can probably speak about this also, is that when you're going through significant changes, um, um, really thoughtful communication and listening is a necessary component um, to the success of the change, right? Because it's being done to them, not with them. And so... Yes, healthcare needed to change and it will continue to need to change. And we know enough about moving through change that we have to make sure that our stakeholders are engaged. They understand the why um, they're engaged in the change, perhaps helping to implement it. Right. There's there's just best practices around this that I, I think from the systems I've seen struggle with just that really foundational aspect of really good quality change management. Yeah, I agree. So, John kind of building on what Christy's saying, if you're going to achieve real change management, you have to engage the stakeholders. And it has to be the influencers, right, that are really going to drive that change? Oh, that's absolutely right, Dan. And, you know, one of the challenges uh, many health systems, hospitals, physician groups are experiencing is that they have not traditionally been very good at managing change. So they have what we like to call a, a poor change history. And that um, creates a difficulty in their culture in that um, or people in the organization will see a change coming and they'll wanna kind of duck and cover and say, this too shall pass and uh, try and avoid being a part of the change process. So it's not like we're, uh, we just have to start doing it right. We also have to overcome some of the challenges that we've created by doing it poorly in the past. And so that really, really makes important the need for uh, a significant amount of communication and involvement and structuring um, whatever the change may be. And in, in this case, it's typically, you know, talking about workforce, it has to do with better processes, better information flow, getting, getting the right pieces to, the, getting the right piece of information to the right individuals at the right time and um, making sure there's the collaboration end to end in the care process that um, creates the, the sense of satisfaction for the employees and, and clinicians, as well as, you know, the, the sense of 
uh, being taken care of well by the patients. Uh, working on all those things means the clinicians have to be involved. They have to design it, be a part of designing it, and be a part of uh, defining what success is and, and making sure that they're able to uh, see that success at the, at the end of the uh, process. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. For our audience, if you're just turning in, tuning in, I'm Daniel Marino. You're listening to Value-Based Care Insights. I'm talking today with John Malone and, and Christy Rowe regarding challenges to our workforce um, that many hospitals and medical groups are experiencing. So Christy, let's, let's dive a little deeper here. When you look at some of the specific areas of frustrations that are impacting physicians, that are impacting particularly nurses, what are a couple, what are a couple of those that are really top of mind for you? Yeah, you know, I think it's a great question. Um, I was involved in some research last year of physicians and nurses, uh, and we were asking questions just like that, like what 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 is around specifically around intent to stay and their overall experience, and and I think what what stood up in that study uh, was was really caught my attention because I've been doing this work for years and I've never seen some of these uh, drivers, if you will, kind of raised to the top, and so. For physicians, you know, when we were talking about, you know, their intent to stay, and we specifically asked, you know, how long do you intend to stay at this organization? Um, one of the really, a couple actually of the really incredible findings for physicians um, were, you know, how um, ethics were really driving their intent to stay. So the organization showing a commitment to ethical care delivery and professional conduct. And psychological safety, the ability to take social risks. And so, I found that fascinating, and I think mm. organizations that's 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 yeah. that's a shift from what you typically see. Although I would also offer, we don't often ask physicians enough about their intent to stay and look for the primary correlates of it. So it could perhaps be that I just never seen that data point before. But what that tells me for physicians is perhaps during COVID, you know, something you know the way we were having to shift care so quickly, um, just reorganize ourselves around care. Some things didn't land well with them. They were concerned about the way that we were delivering care. And so I think that's a real opportunity for organizations. Psychological safety, I've, I've chewed on this one with people and there's different views of that where we would go, wow, we wouldn't think a physician would struggle with psychological safety, but yet then have heard other opinions about that, that no, when you think of um, perhaps a physician you know, the, 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 um, the pecking order, if you will, of physician leaders and, and those who've been there for a while that perhaps some new physicians might be struggling to kind of speak up if, if there's something of concern to them. So I think those are a couple in the physician space that really stood out. And then for nurses, when we asked specifically around intent to stay, uh, managing change was the number one driver of, of where they indicated um, they, uh, their intention to stay. So very, very relevant mm. to our conversation. I mean, the nurses are at the front line every day. They're getting something new where they have to do a new process, implement it in a different way. And again, it's being done to them, not with them. And so right. that is really, really powerful to see. And that, by the way, managing change showed up all over our study for physicians and nurses. So, so very, very uh, relevant to our conversation. Um, the final thing I would offer is the other driver around an overall experience for nurses and physicians that really stood up on our study was the desire to grow 
the desire to grow and develop. And I think when you think of COVID, you know, there's lots of PTSD that uh, caregivers experience. And, you know, there's this concept of post-traumatic growth, right? Um, And so my background is in psychology. So, you know, this is a way we heal from trauma. And so I think organizations from what I would offer is something they should focus on is how can you have a whole campaign around growth, growing professionally, career ladders, personal, just a grow campaign, you know, because that's, that really showed up really um, uh, dominantly in our study. Do you, are you seeing at all? I mean, and I agree with, with all of those. And I think that's the sort of the, the root of that needs to be addressed in order to keep folks at, at their organization. But it seems like we're in this spiral world right now, and particularly for nursing. So, so there's high nursing turnover, Organizations are having trouble recruiting nurses, but they need nurses, right? So what they're doing is they're actually paying for travel nurses, right? So they're getting travel nurses in, and in some cases, travel nurses are 20 to 30% above what the cost would be if you were to employ the nurses. Well, travel nurses are seeing that, right? So nursing nurses that would normally be taking jobs within their community are saying, well, for a little extra premium of a dollar, I'm going to join the travel nursing crew and and you know incorporate some of that and, and it is helping some of the experience. So it, it seems like we're on this this cycle, right? That is is really building on itself, moving from less ability to recruit and having to to kind of um, contract with travel nurses, which you know, again, is feeding itself. So how much is the financial piece coming into play there when you're thinking about the the nursing experience, so to speak? Uh, Dan, Dan, I'll jump in and then let let Christy uh, round it out. Um, I attended ASHRA earlier this year, which is the, uh, the national HR organization for healthcare. And I, and I, was a panelist and spoke on some some topics related to this. But one of the things that became really, really clear talking to all these HR leaders is that th- there's a recognition that they need to get off the hamster, re- the hamster wheel of recruiting. Um, and that really what they need to focus on is retention. Kind of one of the buzzwords floating around was retention is the new recruiting. Now that's not to that's not to diminish the importance of recruiting, of course, because um, there's always ways to continue to improve and and tighten up our our recruiting processes, and that's always critically important. But we have to move beyond that to solve these challenges. And well, we we absolutely do because yeah. you know when if you if you don't focus on putting some dollars or resources or have a plan to retain then not only is it cost you a lot more money for recruitment, but it clearly impacts the way we're delivering care. There's no continuity with our patients. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's, um, it is, uh, it's, this is just, we're, we're, we're just what I like to call MacGyvering a solution here. This is not, this cannot stay where it is. It's, um, and yes, it's causing even more tension because nurses who belong to the organization who wear the badge they're working right alongside someone who's making three, four times as much as them. 
Right. And I think that what when you see this mass exodus and people going to travel, they're basically saying, healthcare, we're fed up with you. You're not allowing me to have a healthy life um, with meaningful work. Right. And so healthcare has got to, I, I say to healthcare systems all the time, find out that travel, what, what you're paying your contracted nurses. And, and I'm sure, you know, your CFO has it. Um, and take that spend and and invest it in the culture of your employees. Just just totally just just take that spend. And some organizations are really starting to be aggressive in that, saying we're going to stop this and we're going to invest in better benefits, more programs for our employees. Call the people back to healthcare. That's where they want to be. We messed up, but now we've course corrected and we've created a space um, where you can work, you can have that high meaning, and you can have a healthy life. And I, that's the only way we're going to get out of this um, is if, and I think it's HR leaders in partnership with a lot of other leaders in the organization, um, CMOs, CMOs. I was just involved in the chief nursing roundtable um, that was held nationally, and this was the topic. And so I really want to see those, you know, those those teams coming together to talk about the problem. Um, Yes, HR is um, an, an incredible part and leader, but this is, you know, to, to John's point, this has risen to one right. of the main issues of, of uh, you know, around finances for healthcare organizations. Everyone needs to be leaning in on this. Um, and I, I often challenge folks, we need to be leaning in on this the same way we leaned in on the early days of COVID to reorganize care. And right. I'm just not and seeing really that. And really creating that, that that burning platform, right? I mean, we need to do something now. And as you said, and, and you are spot on, this is this is one, of, if not the leading, it's one of the leading causes of financial instability uh, for organizations. And to, to, you know, the cost of high turnover with having to pay travel nurses, having to pay physician locum, I can't help but think that if they invest that in their teams, that would certainly, certainly pay dividends. So, Chrissy, when you think about then organizations, if they want to really address this problem, what are a couple of key recommendations or strategies that you would give some organizations so maybe they can start getting on a different path? Uh, so... One thing that I, again, I'll go back to, and I mentioned it earlier, I, I, they have, we have got to reimagine the healthcare uh, employee experience. Uh, and you need to think about, just as we think about patient journeys, we need to think about employee journeys, nurse journeys, physician journeys, listening across the moments that matter. Um, so again, it's not just this annual exercise, but rather, you know, you're listening at the moments, you know, from everything from onboarding to perhaps, you know, when they're getting into leadership, you know, all, all along the entire life cycle. So I think that's really critical. Uh, I think also, um, you know, again, organizational leadership needs to um, organize themselves around this problem in a more um, deliberate way than I, I'm seeing. It's discussed, it's this, it's that. I want to see retention goals on strategic scorecards, like that kind I of, love that. you know, retention goals. Right? I love that. Absolutely. Right. Great, I mean, that's, idea. that's the kind of um, uh, energy we need to be seeing. Um, and then I think after that, it's, it's, it's really going to start to, you know, I think it's just, again, if you get leadership really organized and really focused on this, 
people in healthcare can do anything. We just proved that during COVID. So I think it's really just an, an, an opportunity to have deeper organizational focus on this issue instead of it just being like, uh, it's always going to be this way. Like, no, it doesn't always have to be this way. We can, well, we can you change have to make, They have to make the change, right? They have to be proactive mm-hmm. and, and make the change. And, and I love your suggestions about listening and, boy, the retention goals and setting some key performance indicators around that. That's what's going to measure your, your success. John, let me turn it back over to you. Any final thoughts, any any piece of advice that you give yeah. some of our listeners around the change management? Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, just building off Christie's excellent points, um, reimagining the, the employment experience is, is critical. And we have to look forward, not backward. But the way healthcare is going to be delivered 10 years from now is completely different than the way it is today with the introduction of big data and artificial intelligence and remote monitoring and genome sequencing. I mean, Stanford University already uh, allows their their employees uh, opportunity to, to have their DNA sequence to identify health problems proactively. So this th- that future that future is now and starting to reimagine uh, that I think we need to be looking forward, not backward. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, guys, this has been been fantastic, and I, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing some insights. And as we said, um, in my opinion, this is probably the number one issue that is really facing challenging our, our healthcare industry, and particularly when we're we're thinking about delivering care to patients. Patients rely on their clinical support team, right? They rely on the nurses. They rely on their physicians. They rely on the on the registration person, and if, if there's a lot of turnover, if folks move around, um, you lose that continuity, you, you you lose that focus, and not to mention it's extremely expensive and, and really impacting the stability of our of our healthcare organizations. So, I really want to thank you for your time today. We'd love to have you both back at some point down the road. Thanks, thank you man. so much. So thanks again to our listeners. We really appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate your time for listening. And until the next insight, I am Daniel Marino, bringing you 30 minutes of value to your day. Are you at a crossroad with value-based care? Do you need to chart a future strategy or improve your organizational performance? Visit us at luminahp.com to learn more about our consulting services and leadership development programs. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter on our website and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. For more information about value-based care insights, visit the program's page on luminahp.com. Join the conversation using our hashtag, VBC Insights. We are Lumina Health Partners. Thank you for joining us today. Until the next value-based care insight, stay well.